0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So, I want to talk to you in this podcast about economics. I know, I know, I can almost hear your eyes rolling back into your head. But I, I want to say that economics is an important field of study. It's not even as technical as we might expect. I know some of you are thinking back to your high school and college economics classes, and you just don't know if you can stand another 10 minutes of Stephen Mansfield talking about economics. I get it. I understand. But let me see if I can help you with this a little bit. You know, economics, in fact, the word comes from the Greek word that simply means house principles or principles for managing a household. Oiko in Greek is house or household. Namas is law or principle. So oikonomos, the principles for managing a household. That's all that economics really is. Now it gets a little bit more complex when you move from your household up to state and federal economics. And then of course, to global economics, but basically the principles are the same. So economics is something we live with. It's something that we actually do. It's something we ought to understand better. So let me talk a little bit about our current state economically, particularly in the United States, but also globally, uh, just briefly. And then I want to make some recommendations to you. When Donald Trump became president, he was such a pro-business candidate. He was such a pro-growth candidate. He talked so much about making America great again and bringing jobs home, et cetera, that business people... Particularly on Wall Street, got very excited about a Trump presidency. You need to understand that a lot of what passes for economic prognostication, expectation, analysis, and so on, is really a matter of: Do businessmen feel excited? Do they feel good about where the economy is going? What do they expect? Are they confident? Is confidence high on Wall Street, as they often say in the news? Well, when Donald Trump became president, uh, the the economy surged. There's no question about it. Uh, the economy did very well in many stock markets sectors really rose. But now, six months later, uh, there's been a pretty sharp correction. And that, mean, that, that word correction uh, is, is used in the way we use it every day. But economists mean that it's uh, sort of restoring levels back to a sane level. It's kind of uh, returning back to what makes sense, something that's not supercharged, something that's not overheated. And so we've had a pretty sharp correction. In fact, most of the sectors on the, of the economy that really began to surge as Trump became president Have returned to their pre election levels. And oddly, some of the ones that lagged just as Donald Trump became president have actually bounced back very sharply, have actually surged. So the economy is not as supercharged as it was around the election of Donald Trump. It's actually settling in. Um, I want to suggest this is one of my main themes today uh, that the economy is overdue for a correction, for a pullback. How severe that's going to be or when that's going to be, nobody really knows but there's no question that our economy is overheated. Stock markets at all-time record highs. Uh, Real estate, again, is at all-time record highs uh, in many places like it was in 2008. Uh, We have many parts of our economy that are way overcharged. The Fed has not really uh, put a check on some of the growth and some of the expansion. Uh, So we really do have a supercharged economy. And what normally uh, comes about on, on the back end of that is that if growth it's not based on something real, or if there's a sudden loss of confidence, you have a correction, you have a pullback. And I think we're due for that. Most economists, this certainly isn't original with me, I'm not, I'm not that skilled, but most economists believe that we're heading for some kind of a correction. Um, this may be helped by the fact that a tax bill is supposed to be working its way to, through Congress, and we may see some boost to the economy through tax cutting, et cetera. And the Trump administration is attempting to cut regulations a bit it's not being very successful but that might help in some cases where the uh, regulations were unnecessary and not critical to you know the health of workers for example or the, or taking care of the environment so i, I don't think there's any question that we are supercharged in our economy, uh, that we have begun a bit of a correction since the Trump presidency began, and that we are due still for a pullback or, again, what economists call a correction. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, Regardless of that, though, uh, regardless of that state in the United States, I think we are looking at moderate economic growth. Um, I think we might see some pickup uh, on inflation. Uh, We probably are going to see a slightly weaker dollar internationally, and that actually is going to help emerging markets. So there there's the big fat picture. Um, uh, uh, corrections are necessary. Corrections are normal. Corrections happen. We will be alive on the other side of it. And I am not saying that we are heading into another great depression. Not at all. Uh, I am saying instead that we are heading into something of a correction um, that will look something a lighter, a lighter version of 2008. I realized 2008 was devastating for a lot of people, but I'm, I don't think it's going to be that severe, but that we will have a correction now, how then should you live? How should you live in light of this? How should you live in light of the fact that almost every major economist of note believes our economy is overheated, that there's going to be a correction that the, some bubbles are going to burst, particularly in real estate and uh, and that and that, uh, and that still uh, and that this that, and that this is needed by the way, and that still will be fine eventually on the other side well, Number one, whenever you have downturns like this, whenever you have corrections, cash is always king. You want to have as much cash on hand as possible. And in a real severe crisis, you don't want it to just be cash. You want it to be wealth in the form of silver and gold and goods of other kinds. But I don't think we're talking about that severe of a correction. I think we're talking about the kind of correction where cash is king. So what you want to do is you want to, number two, get out of debt. Number one, realize that cash is king. Number two, get out of debt. During the Great Depression, 10,000 millionaires, uh, Americans became millionaires during that time. They did so because they were liquid enough to take advantage of the situations that arose. They could buy buildings very inexpensively. They could hire labor very inexpensively. Um, they could do good in the world and, uh, and, and be able to fund it because they had cash. They were, not, they were not upside down. They were not overly invested in the stock market. Uh, they were liquid. They were, they were not overly indebted. And that's what you want to be. You want to be out of debt as much as possible. You want to have liquidity. You want to have cash. Uh, You want to have your money in things that are earning you um, returns and that will not be lost should there be an economic downturn, which means you want to have your money in things that are not just economic or financial instruments. So for most Americans, many of whom are upside down financially, meaning they've got a huge amount of debt, uh, more debt than they do actually uh, liquidity, then uh, you want to do your primary goal is to get out of debt. Let me pause here and say, uh, I strongly, highly recommend Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University course. You can buy it in one box that comes to your house. Your family can watch it together. Uh, I know many, many families that have watched it together. It helped them. Their kids uh, were, we earned tremendous. Tremendous Wealth very early because they used it. It's not a get-rich-quick course, um, but it is how to live, how to prosper, uh, how to have financial peace. I can't recommend it enough. And let me say quickly, I have absolutely no connection to uh, Dave Ramsey and our friends. As anybody who has been following me or watching my life for recent years will know, we are close friends, but I have no financial involvement in his company and I have not been asked to endorse financial peace. So relax. <laughs> Dave Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. So, number one, realize that cash is king. Number two, get out of debt. Number three, realize that one of the great keys to wealth is multiple income streams. Uh, you you want this for two reasons. First of all, you want multiple income streams because you want to increase your income. So you want to start the home business. Uh, you want to do the consulting on the side. You want to have the online business. Uh, you, you want someone in the family who knows to be to be doing some kind of a sales project or or. Who knows? Some families make it as simple as, um, you know, selling things on eBay or having a garden or there are all kinds of ways they can do it. I know some people have farms out in the country where they grow crops, et cetera, and they bought land inexpensively. Whatever it is that you do, you want to have multiple income streams. That's first of all for the increase of income. Second of all, it's because you don't want your family to be impoverished because one job form uh, you know done by one person in the family goes away if Dad loses his job, you still want to have other forms of income. If mom loses her job, you still want to have other forms of income. Uh, you want to have multiple income streams. And that's eminently doable in our generation. Lots of opportunities. Uh, I, I know people who actually work their job for the benefits, but make more money with online sales than they actually make on their job. And they have pretty good jobs. So lots of opportunities these days, and it's only going to increase uh, as internet sales increase. So as the economic downturn is coming, uh, look for Ways that you can have multiple income streams, streams, and then the final thing I want to say, because I, I do not present myself at all as a financial advisor, I'm not one, but the final thing that I want to say is this: that uh, y- you want to be ready to acquire assets. Now, most people, when they have money, they get themselves into more debt. They get an extra ten thousand dollars, and what do they do? They buy a car that costs forty thousand. So they bought they've basically bought themselves thirty thousand dollars in debt, or they they uh, they put. Their money into something that just requires them to borrow to to invest, which is never a smart thing to do. Uh, you want to acquire things that are assets that are making you money, that are bringing in income. You you want to buy, you know, a, a rental house or you want to buy buy into a business that's going to prosper or uh, you want to buy assets things that are paying you back. Um that's what you want to do and you want to do that very very wisely and very smartly. Get advice about it, okay? So No panic here on the Stephen Mansfield podcast, not at all. I think the future is bright. I think the economy is generally going to be going in an upward direction, but we are going to have a correction. And if you have no cash, if you are heavily indebted, if you are upside down, and maybe you just have one job supporting the entire family, and that job is in a sector that may go through turmoil uh, in a downturn, then you are going to be in trouble. Uh, Get multiple income streams, get out of debt. Look at your life. See where the leakage is. Plug that up. I know one family that simply decided to go with Roku and Apple TV in their home. Their rather nice large suburban home, and ended up ended up saving a thousand dollars a month just simply on cable on on the cable bill. Now I got to tell you, I think they were way overpaying for television, but they had all you know four or five TVs, all premium cable, and and uh, they weren't even watching most of them. So all they did was get rid of their cable and go with Roku and Apple, and the savings has been thousands of dollars. Uh, I mean, I think a thousand a month and thousands a year. Uh, It's a small thing. They don't even miss it. But that's an example of how you can start plugging the leaking. Listen, get informed. Read good things about economics. Pay attention to organizations like Motley Fool and Mustache Investing and firms with crazy names like that. Don't turn off the economic news on TV. We're going to be fine. Uh, I'm not asking you to jam money into your mattress like people did during the Great Depression. What I'm really asking you to do is be one of those 10,000 people during the Great Depression who became millionaires because they were liquid and they were able to help people and do good in difficult economic times. That's the power of economics. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.